We are so excited. Yeah, cool. Cool. So I'm just going to pray for her, and then she's just going to go launch into it. So buckle up and get ready. Um, awesome. So, dear God, we just thank you so much for uh, just our sister Emily, God. We just pray that you just give her so many of your words to speak tonight, God, and that your spirit is just here tonight, God. Give her your peace and just bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dominic. Oh, that was loud. I'm so excited. Hey, Rochelle just texted me on my iPad. She says, success, you're going to do great with all kinds of fire. Praise Jesus. See, even though they're on their staycation, they're still thinking about us and praying for us. Guys, they love us. They love us so much. Okay, so we are continuing this awesome series on hope tonight. And last week, I know you guys were here last week, Pastor Andrew did an awesome series on, or an awesome message on being prisoners of hope. And instead of being held captive by lies and deceit and all this ugly stuff that we're held by hope and that we're bound with hope. And he used that awesome balloon analogy, just when we, when things happen and uh, like with God, we get all filled up and then we kind of let ourselves leak sometimes and we have to just continue to be, um, just filled up by that. So tonight, we're going to continue that series. So I'm going to start us off with some Old Testament goodness, because the Old Testament is filled with so many good things. And if you guys will all want to go ahead and turn to Psalm 42, we're going to focus on verses 1 through 5, whatever you have. When you get there, say, yeah. Psalms is not in the New Testament. Oh, I thought you said it's like New Testament. I was like, mm, it's not in the New Testament. <laughs> What Bible are you reading? Just kidding. Okay, so I'm going to be coming. Oh, shoot. We're going to be in ESV is my version tonight is where I'm going to read from. So starting in verse 1, it says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How would I go with the throng and lead them into, in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival? This is what I'm going to focus on tonight, this last verse. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. God, that's, that's my heart for tonight, Lord, is that we would just realize that in the midst of a hard time, in the midst of circumstance, that you are our hope, God, that we can't be led by our emotions, God, we can't just be led by what we quote-unquote feel in the moment, but we need to be led by the truth and the hope in you. So God, I just ask that tonight that you would come so strong in this place, Lord, that we would feel your presence, oh God, that you would give us hope again, God, that you would show us where to look for your hope, God, because you're in everything. So I thank you, Lord, that your heart would be conveyed, God, that you take over completely. It's nothing that I have to say or nothing that I'm going to do, but everything that you are, God, and what you're capable of through me, Jesus. So I thank you, Lord. Bless this night and bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And guys, that, that's my heart tonight, is that we would catch that last verse, that, that he's, the psalmist stops, and I'm already jumping ahead of myself, but he stops and tells himself to hope in God in the midst of a hard circumstance. And that, that's what the, my title is tonight, is Hope Through Hard Circumstances. And how many of you have been in a hard situation in your life where you feel like all hope was lost, where you feel tough? Yeah, we're all probably going to raise our hands, right? There's, it's kind of just a part of life. We lose, there's, we go through something and then we kind of, we lose hope. We lose, hope is an eager expectation for something good. The belief that something better is going to happen. And sometimes in the midst of our circumstances and our, and our hard thing, we lose sight of hope and we lose sight of believing for something better. And and reality is that we are going to walk through hard stuff in life. That's just, that's just the way it is. Jesus said that in this world there will be trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He tells us, okay, reality, you're going to go through stuff. But immediately afterwards he says, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Our hope is in him. We, we are going to go through hard things, but he's already beaten it all for us. I think sometimes, though, too, as Christians, we go through something hard, and we think that God is just going to kind of sweep it under the rug and come in and fix it for us, and we're not going to have to actually do anything on our part. And I can tell you from experience, I've totally done that, and the reality is that's not the case. Like, we go through things, and, and God is good, and he is faithful to complete a good work, and he's faithful to fulfill his promises, but that doesn't just mean that when you're in the midst of something hard, it's just going to disappear. Like, w those are the times that we grow the most, sometimes that have the most fruit. 
I remember several years ago, my family and I walked through a really hard time uh, with my parents' finances to just kind of put us in a really tough place. And my mom really prayed for a long time that it, God would just take it away, that it would just disappear, that the problems would go away, and we'd never have to actually actually face it, which is fine. That's an okay thing to pray. But the thing is, is that very thing, God didn't take it away. God used it to bring the most redemption and the most restoration to my family that we've ever experienced in our life. Like, we would not be where we are today as a family of four, like my mom, my dad, my sister, and I, with out that hard thing and I'm so grateful we had to walk through it together because it brought such redemption and it brought such hope back into our lives of what we could walk through that okay if we can get through this if we can stand through this if we can trust in God through this hard time and watch as God walked out with us how much hope does that give for us to overcome things for the future so I want to go back and I want to look at Psalm 42 a little bit because it's going to lay the foundation for where I want to kind of springboard off tonight so if we look at Psalm 42, it was written by these people called the sons of Korah. And just to kind of give us some historical context, which, side note, David did not write all the Psalms. I didn't realize this. I also realized that this is a side note completely. But growing up in Sunday school, you, like, I at least thought that I knew all this stuff about the Bible. And then I became an adult and realized I didn't at all. Like, total, like, like a silly confession, I didn't realize until I was probably like 18 that David and Goliath and King David were the same person. So that just shows that like when you're a kid and you're in Sunday school, it doesn't like always put together. And I remember thinking that and being like, oh my gosh, he's so cool. Anyways, so <laughs> this psalm, uh, can total side note, uh, was written by the sons of Korah. So these, uh, the sons of Korah were people who were descendants of the Levites, and the Levites were uh, in the, in, of the Israelites were the ones that, like, like, held the temple and, like, kept the temple of God. So these are the people that would uh, maintain the temple, that would be priests in the temple, and they would know and understand, like, the depth of God's presence, because they were the ones that worked in it. So this is, like I said, this is setting a foundation for what we're going to get from this. So they understood what it was like to be in Jerusalem, to be with the presence of God. And they say that even in verse, in verse 4, where it says, um, These things I remember as I go, and I lead them in the procession to the house of God with God's shouts and songs of praise. So they know what it's like to be in the house and in the temple of God. So um, we also know, looking at the previous verses, that they're now suddenly in this place where they're feeling separate from God. Because they say, my soul thirsts, for, just as the deer pants, my soul is thirsting for God. Like, I'm longing to be with you. I'm crying because I'm not with you. My tears are my food. Like, they're in this place of being completely separate from God. And, and they're like, their hope is lost. And how many of us have been in that time where we feel like we're separate from God and we feel like we can't get back to his presence and we feel like we're lost? In those moments... When we, we go through that, we get like, God, I can't feel you right now. Why? God, I, I don't know where you're at. Why? God this, God that. But sometimes in the midst of those moments, we have to realize it's not about what we feel. It's not about our emotions. It's not about how we feel in this moment. It's about going back to what the truth of God's word says. This psalmist knew that he stopped himself in the midst of his hard circumstance, and he said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. They knew it wasn't about what, they, what season they were in. It wasn't about where they were or what they felt. It was about who God said he was. It was about the truth of God and telling themselves, okay, I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care what I feel. I don't care. I'm going to choose to hope in God because I know that he is good in the midst of my circumstance. He knew that he was their salvation. And they, and yeah, mm, thank you, Jesus. And that, that's just what I want to bring to us tonight. I want to bring to us to a place of realizing that we know God's presence. We know what it's like to be in his presence. We worship him. This is, a, this is a house of worship. Like we're known in our community for the worship. So we know what it's like to praise God and, and to have all of those emotions and feeling. But we need to remember that even if we're not feeling like that, that's okay. And we need to hope in God and what his promise is. We need to go back to that place of stopping everything that's going on and saying, okay, I may, this is hard. This sucks. I feel like crap. But that's okay because God is good and I'm going to hope in him and what his word says. So in the midst of those dry seasons, how do we get hope? And I just kind of want to be a little bit practical with us. Wh how can we get back to that place of hope? What can we do to stop ourselves and remind us of that? So my first point tonight, number one, is hope in testimony. Now, 
This is something that we say a lot in this church. We talk a lot about um, how someone's healing and what they accomplish is hope for you in your life and hope for, uh, as it's a testimony, and what other people have accomplished and where they've gone uh, with God is hope for you. It's something that's attainable for them. It's attainable for you. And, um, it, and it causes us to be encouraged, and that's all completely biblical. So we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11. It says, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing we are to encourage one another, to build each other up. And Pastor Daniel always says, he even just said this on Sunday, if there's a therefore, look at what's before. So if you look at what it says before, it says, God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through Lord Jesus Christ. So we are not designed for wrath. We're not designed for hardship. We're not designed to, to get like the consequences of all this stuff. We're designed for salvation. And that's where we have to take and encourage one another. That's, and then it says, therefore, encourage one another. So when you have friends around you that are going through something hard and they feel like, oh, I should, I should deal with this because whatever. No, give them hope and encourage them that they're not destined for wrath. They're destined for hope and for salvation through Jesus. Like he is our ultimate source of hope. And, and, and that's the end of the message before I even get there. But it's, no matter what we're doing in life, Jesus has to be the thing that we look back to for our hope. Without him, nothing is possible. Without him, we can't be sitting here. We can't even be breathing without Jesus. And that is where all of our hope comes in because he's the most solid and real thing in our life ever. And, the, and, and you look at, okay, so not even just us in our everyday lives are people that need hope and encouragement. The people of the Bible needed hope and encouragement. So we're actually going to look at John the Baptist. So John the Baptist, his entire like life was designed to be like about Jesus. Like it talks about how he was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. Like he never knew life without the presence of the Holy Spirit. He knew that his entire creation, his entire life was to prepare the way for Jesus. That's why he was born. So everything about him, everything about it that he did all screamed towards Jesus. So this was somebody who knew something and, and he got thrown in jail and um, looking at, uh, and he, he like lost hope even though his whole creation, his whole existence was to prepare the way for Jesus and know that Jesus was following him, like he got thrown in jail and he lost hope. And, and look at Matthew eleven two through six. It says, now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? So he was created to pave a way for Jesus. He knew it. He knew every, like he was born with the Holy Spirit and he still was like, is that you? Are you sure? I'm in jail. I'm stuck. I'm hearing all these testimonies, but I need to know for sure that that's you. And so Jesus answered his, John's disciples and says to them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So Jesus knew, even in the midst of that moment, Jesus knew that, that John needed hope, and so he gave him testimony. He said, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking, the poor have good news preached to them. Blessed is those who are offended because of me. Like, how cool is that? Like, Jesus knew exactly what he needed in the moment. And even John, thrown in jail, way far away from where Jesus was, needed hope in his life to get him through that hard circumstance. He had to get back to that. Testimonies are good news. Testimonies are hope. And so, have you guys ever, and if you haven't done this, I really want to encourage you this. Have you ever had a moment to talk to somebody who's like an elder saint in the faith? Someone like an elderly person and ask them testimonies? Yeah. Okay, it's going to be the most encouraging thing you ever do, ever. Because they're so like laid back about it. They're like, oh yeah, like Pastor Tom, Pastor D. Like they just see it like, it's just so, they're so encouraging. And uh, one of my the person who spoke so much hope into me is a man named Dries, and he's from South Africa, and we go, uh, we're getting to go on a mission trip with him, actually, in a couple of weeks. Woo! Going to Africa. And um, this man has, he's just like, he's like a grandpa. He's awesome, and he has stories 
for stories for days. Like, let me tell you, this man has so many stories. He literally sat down, I think we sat for like an hour and watched slideshows uh, to match his stories. Like, where he was like, oh, remember this thing I told you about the other day where there's this? And he makes it sound like it's like so simple. But this guy like would pack up his entire family. So him, his wife, three kids in a van for like months. And they just go and drive out into the middle of the bush and preach the gospel. Like, he has a testimony of being on an airplane recently, probably in like, I don't know, it was like in the mid to early 2000s where he got on a plane, was talking to somebody next to him, ended up being a Christian. They both felt this call on their heart to go to somewhere in the Middle East. They didn't know that people weren't allowed into that country at that time. They go into that country. They preach the gospel. They had to have bodyguards follow them because all these hordes of people were getting saved. And then he's like showing us these videos. Oh, here's this lady. Oh, here she is encountering the Lord Jesus. Oh, here she is slain on the ground in the Holy Spirit. Oh, here's this next photo of this person getting saved. Like, it was just the coolest thing ever. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting eating dinner with this guy who has like led hundreds of people to the Lord, who has traveled across tens and tens of countries, like, and preached the gospel and seen all kinds of crazy things happen, and I'm having dinner with him. This is so cool. Like, he is, like, it brought so much hope into my life, because then now, here I am a year later, getting to, like, go on a full trip with him. I'm going to spend me, Danielle, Susan, and Laura going to Africa in three and a half weeks. Crazy, praise Jesus. And uh, we're going to get to spend the whole two weeks with him. Like, oh my gosh, I have so much hope. Like, okay, he experienced that 20 years ago. He's so much further. We're going with him. How much more are we going to get to experience with him? Like, oh my gosh, so much hope and encouragement for what's possible. Same thing goes for, like, hearing testimonies of your friends. Like, not just, like, people around you, but, like, your friends. Like, my friends, our friends just got back from St. Croix last week. And, like, these aren't just people I hear stories about. These are my close friends. They got to, like, they prayed for people and saw tumors shrunk. They saw people get up and walk out of the hospital. They saw people get saved. Like, it's so encouraging. gives me so much hope. Like, oh, my gosh, if they did that, they accomplished that, what are we going to accomplish on our trip? Like, it's so much hope and encouragement for what's possible. So hope is not just, hope and testimony are not just for hard circumstances. It is, and we use that to spring us forward. But it's hope for, like, what we can accomplish. Like, testimonies are meant to give us like a rounded hope like hope for to get over this hard thing because that person went over it hope to go into this country because you went there you know all these different things it's, it's obtainable for everything and uh another way i love to read testimonies is in like old story like in stories or books about uh just like different revivals and stuff and uh you know i've i've talked about okay i like to go to missions and i've shared that with you guys and most of you know i have a heart for missions but a lot of you may not know that I have a heart to do dangerous things for the gospel. And I know that sounds super weird, but, like, like danger in the face of missions work, like, doesn't scare me. Like, the thought of, like, having to cross a border and smuggle Bibles and be all, like, sneaky is the coolest thing ever. Like, it makes me, like, yes, absolutely. Wherever you say I'll go, Lord, I'll go. Like, I have a huge heart to go to the Congo someday. I don't care if I'm 85. I'm going to go into the Congo, and I'm going to, like, watch God do stuff. Like, when Will, how many of you were here when Will Hart came, like, a year ago? Yeah, he, him and his wife went into the Congo. I think she was pregnant when they went. I don't know, something like that. Like, they went in and saw all these kind of stuff, and they had pictures of, uh, like, of just this entire, like, army, like, getting on their face and falling before God. Like, the, how much hope is a testimony of other people. And so I'm reading this book uh, called Why Not Women that a friend rec- t- recommended to me that's all about women in ministry and leadership. And so there's this woman who I just think is this is such a cool story. I'm going to do this someday. Praise God. Um, Okay, so her name was Gladys Aylward. I'm not really sure how to say her last name. Uh, And she worked, she was known as like the small lady or something like that. Um, She worked in hard places in China. So she was turned down by every missionary society in Europe at the time. And I and it didn't give a date reference, but I'm assuming it was it was many years ago. She was turned down by every missionary society in Europe, but she didn't let that stop her. She felt like the Lord had called her to China. So she got on a train without any financial backing by herself and took a train all the way from London, England down to China. She crossed war zones in both Russia and Central America Asia. She was, like, known for doing all kinds of radical stuff in China. And this is the testimony that I want to do someday. She, one time, while she was in China, she walked into the middle of a bloody prison riot by herself and stopped it cold in its tracks with nothing but the power of Jesus. 
like, how cool is that? Like, I'm going to, like, not that I'm saying we need to all go walk out into the middle of a war zone right now. That's what I'm saying. But how cool is that? Like, this woman had so much faith to walk into the middle of a prison riot in China and stop at cold in its tracks all because she brought the power of Jesus with her. That's so encouraging. Oh, my goodness. Like, Lord. And she, and not just, like, it stopped. God protected her. She didn't get hurt. Nothing was harmed. Like, it wasn't just that the thing stopped. It was that she was completely shielded and protected in the midst of it. And that she had faith to get it done. So stinking cool. Like, that encourages me so much that, okay, God, like, she did that. So these, like, dreams that I have about doing crazy stuff isn't necessarily just a dream. Like, people actually do it. And so that gives me hope that I can do it, too, that it's not just a dream that I have. Like, like, this gives me hope that, okay, as I'm here, like, right now, God hasn't, like, mission, yes, I feel like missions is a call for my life, but right now, God has called me here to the States. He's called me to see God, things happen here in Summit and in Crux and in my workplace. Like, and it gives me, and those testimonies give me hope that it's okay that I'm not in that season right now, that that season's still going to come. And sometimes we have to remember that as we all have these dreams and these desires of our hearts that are out here and we're here, and we say, okay, this is where I am, but I want to get over there. How do I get there? And we and it's going to come someday. We have to have hope in the testimonies of other people and in the promises of God to know that that thing's going to come. But I have to walk from here to here before it happens because God has a plan in there. And that means that God's going to develop you and he's going to prepare you. He's not going to send you out before you're ready. And that's what we have to have hope in and remember that, that like, you know, if you're going to be a famous music producer or you're going to like lead worship like Jesus culture or you're going to teach school or whatever your dream is, whatever the desire for your heart is, like like other people are obtaining that and you're going to get there, but walk through what you're in right now and have hope for the future because God promises you that. Have hope in the testimonies of other people that you're going to get there someday. Just because you're not there right now doesn't mean it's going to happen. We are young. We are young. We have a lot of years ahead of us to do a lot of stuff and we shouldn't rush ourselves. God has, this is this time that we need to seize the opportunity to get developed, to hunger, to set a foundation that's deep. So when you get to go obtain that thing, you're not going to get rocked. Boom. Okay, that came out of, that came out of just the Lord. That wasn't planned. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Okay. Where was I? War zone. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, there's just, there's hope and testimony. It gives us courage to move forward and gives us uh, courage to look at that person and say, they got breakthrough, I can get breakthrough. They got free of this thing, I can get free of this thing. Okay, like when Dominic preached a couple weeks ago, he got free of bad dreams. If you have bad dreams in here, that's hope for you that you can get free of that. Or, or whatever the hard thing is, you can get free of it. You can accomplish it because other people are accomplishing it too, and that encourages you. So there's just, there's just so much hope, guys. There's so much hope for us to get. Jesus, why are you downcast, oh my soul? There's hope in God from what people are experiencing around us. That's what we use to encourage us. My second point for tonight is hope in the word. Everybody say the word. The word. Need water. Okay. So the word is filled with, filled with hope and promises. It's like, like but, but really, like, we need to kind of, like, remember this. Like, like when you're having a bummer day, look at the Bible. When you are having a good day, look at the Bible. When you feel like all your hope is lost, look at the Bible. Like, all the answers are in there. Everything is in there for you to read and to know that there's hope in that. We know that he is faithful to complete a good work because that's what his word says. We know that he's faithful to bring his promises because that's what his word says. In the midst of no matter what season you're in, you s and you felt, feel like you badly need hope, this is where we have to go back to to remind ourselves to hope again. There's so much promise in it. So I just want to read off a bunch of verses that are going to bring you all a bunch of hope. So, mm, got to get my like ready stance on here. Okay. <laughs> Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So wherever you walk, whatever you do, into work, into church, into home life, into your family, whatever it is, God is with you wherever you go. You are never, ever alone. I talked about that a couple of um, months ago when we did our uh, our. Uh, uh, sexual morality series and we talked about how like okay you're never alone and it's okay that you're like by yourself that you're single right now people if you're single but you're not alone and that gives you hope that God will walk with you in everything that you're in Isaiah 54 17 no weapon formed against you shall prosper or excuse me shall succeed I'm reading the wrong version and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment 
This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. So I don't know about you guys, but I've actually never read the second half of this verse. <laughs> I always get stuck on that. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And on Tuesday, I was just battling some like just stuff at work and things were getting thrown at me. And I texted Pastor Teresa and Lear and actually separately, not in a group text. And they both sent me this exact same verse. And they both pointed out that no tongue will um, that rises against you like no tongue. You shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment because that's what I was battling that day. And I was like, oh, Jesus, thank you so much for my community. <laughs> thank you so much for my pastor and one of my greatest friends, like, that they speak hope into my life and they bring me these verses, like, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue, you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. There's so much hope in the word in that that we can hold on to that and say, okay, it doesn't matter what these people are saying about me because God's got my back. Hmm. This is one of my, this one's one of my favorites. Psalm 138, 8. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for you. He will fulfill his purpose for you. He is faithful to do it. He has a plan and a purpose for your life, and he's going to fill it up. Jeremiah 29, 11. <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. Plans to give you hope and a future, a future and hope, sorry. Memory versus like the actual verse reading is kind of mixing up, so my apologies. <laughs> I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God knows what's going on in your life. He has a plan to give you future and hope. He has, that's his plan. It's not just, uh, it's not just something that we're going to obtain. His plan is for us to have hope. He doesn't want us to walk our days not having hope. He doesn't want us to walk around in this like, what was me, Eeyore status? Like, I, I love Eeyore. He's adorable, but he didn't have hope. Like, we need to have hope. We need to be more like Pooh Bear, who's like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, the most joyous little Winnie the Pooh character. I mean, it's all circled around him, so that makes sense. But, like, we don't need to be Eeyore. And when people are being Eeyore in your life, like, you need to give them hope. Be like, no, God has a future and hope for your life. You're not supposed to be Eeyore. Like, we all have moments where we want to sit in and, like, be like, Meh, but it's, <laughs> we're not supposed to do that all the time. Like, it's okay to have moments. <laughs> circle in but seriously you're meant to have hope in a future all you single people this is your verse to cling hope to you genesis 2:18. then the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone i will make a helper i will make him a helper fit for him that's your promise that someday he or she's gonna come and it's gonna be great and you're gonna fall in love and it's gonna be awesome and that is a hope for your life so just remember that. God said it in the beginning. It wasn't even like it was in the New Testament. It was said in the beginning when he created the foundations of the earth. In the beginning, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. That's okay. See? Valerie and Jacob, not good for man to be alone. Get married next year. Whoop, whoop. Just saying. It's a perfect example. They waited, found each other. Praise God. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Success. I have to tell you, it was like a year ago that we did the success and most encouraging people in the world series, and it is still happening. That's when you know a good word comes when everyone is still saying success. Mm. It was like almost exactly a year ago, last summer, that we did that. Oh, come on, Jesus. <laughs> John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness can never extinguish it. When you're battling something dark in your life, when you're, when you're having these moments where you feel like these things are hitting you, this is your verse to have hope in. The darkness can never extinguish the light. It doesn't say it's going to fight. It doesn't say it's going to have a hard time. It says that it can never extinguish the light. Banning Leapshire has a really great message on this that I was listening to on the Jesus Culture podcast, and it talks about that, where he says, like, when you flip a light switch on, you don't see this battle between light and darkness. You don't see this, like, the light's like, oh, can I do it? Can I turn on? And the darkness is like, no, you can't. Like, it doesn't happen that way. Like, it turns on. It doesn't fight. You have to remember that you have light inside of you, so when you're battling a darkness, all you have to be like, Jesus' name. You, whatever, everything you carry, it has to flee. When you walk into a room that has darkness, it has to flee because there's light inside of you. It has to. Biblically, it has to. The darkness can never extinguish the light. You are always going to overcome every situation you're in, any dark situation that you battle when you have Jesus inside of you. You are never going to lose to darkness when you fight with Jesus. Never. 
Mm. John 14, 12 through 13. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in me in, in my name, on this I will do, that the Father will be glorified in the Son. If you ask of me in anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus said that we would do greater things than he because he's going to the Father. He's our, he's our helper. He's our connection to God. He said we would do greater things than him. Guys, how much hope is in that statement? Come on. Like, okay, he, he like, oh, oh my goodness. I can't even, he cast a legion of demons into pigs and they drowned. That was cool, okay? He saw, like, the guy that got, like, lowered in, he, he, people walked. He, like, the woman with the issue of blood just touched his garment. Like, okay, like, someone, people would just get in the presence of, like, Peter, one of his disciples, and they would, like, get healed like that because, because they would do greater things than what Jesus did. And that's just not for the disciples, that's for us. That's a promise for us as God's kids. Jesus said that we would do greater things than him. All we got to do is ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. What you want, say, God, I want to see 10 blind people healed. Okay, then go after it and watch as Jesus does it. When you bring Jesus into it, anything is possible. John 16, 33. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This is, there's so much hope in this. Like, it's like I said before, like, you're going to have hard times. You're going to walk through tough stuff. It's, it's a part of, it's a part of life. But <laughs> take heart because he's overcome the world. That means that every battle you've ever had to fight, he's already fought and won for you. We just have to go, okay, Jesus. I'm doing this. I can't do it by myself. God, show me what I'm supposed to do right now. I have hope in what you promised. You told me that you would overcome the world. You told me that you've already done this. You've already won. So I have hope in what you said, God, and I'm going to follow where you lead me to. Hmm. Testimonies are a form of hope, and the word brings us hope. But all of these things, at the end of the day, have to point back to Jesus. Because he is the ultimate form of hope. The cross, it, the word points to the cross. Testimonies all point to the cross. Everything that we do in our lives all points back to the cross. So these are tools. The, the testimonies are a tool to use to help encourage ourselves. Uh, you know, like, why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Hope in God, for he is my salvation and my God. We go back to that. We say, okay, God, you are my hope. You are my focus. God, thank you for testimonies that encourage me as I walk through this, God, because you say that all my hope is in you, God. I can trust in you. And this person just walked through that hard thing, and I'm going through the same thing, and they got through it so I can get through it. Thank you, God, for your word because it's filled with promises. Thank you, God. And all of it, again, points back to the cross because there wouldn't be, like, a word without the cross. Old Testament, all the stuff that happened before Jesus, it all points to Jesus. Like, there's so much. If you read the Old Testament, everything, like, screams Jesus. Lamentations, Jesus. Leviticus, Jesus. All of it, Jesus. It all points back to what the cross and what he did. And that's going to be my final point tonight is three, is, Jesus, is hope in Jesus and the cross. It, throughout time, when we, when in, like, humankind, seeks something for hope they want an image they want something to have like a beacon in for hope like look at um i'm gonna use a culturally relevant example uh captain america how many of us watch the marvel movies love them some of my favorites okay in the first captain america movie how many of you guys remember that he was used as like this beacon of hope this image to give people hope that they were going to win the war because captain america was on their side before Captain America did anything worthy of, like, fighting or whatever, he was, like, showing around in these shows, and he was used on posters. Because throughout, like, history, we need something to hope in. We're going through war. People need something to hope in. We're going through a struggle. We need something to hope in. What are we going to look at? And we have to look at the cross because we can't, like, look at any, like, if we look at anything else in the midst of, some, like, a hard time, we're going to fall. Like, like, if I could, like, okay, don't ma doesn't matter that the world is raging around me. It doesn't matter that my heart is broken and that I've fallen on my face, but the, the cross is in front of me, and that's what I'm going to hope in. Like, that's where I focus my, all of my sights on. And um, I'm going to share a story that I, if I, I'm not going to make it through without crying. So um, when God first told me to speak this message, I did not realize he wanted me to share this story. And I haven't, some of you have already heard it, and some of you haven't, and um, 
it's just like, this is how, like, I can tell you this message from a place of, like, knowing what it's like to have to cling to the cross and, like, your absolute everything because it's the only way you're going to get through it. Like, like it, it comes from a place of, like, God, like, I can't do this unless I have you because I don't know what is up and down and left from right. Um, uh, two and a half years ago, I walked through the hardest thing I'd ever walked through in my life. Um, everyone has that person in high school that they have a crush on, right? Their high school sweetheart, the person that they, felt like, you know, and when you're in high school, you're infatuated, right? You're not in love, you're infatuated, but they're your first love, and everything in the world revolves around them, and I was totally that high school girl that my entire world revolved around my boyfriend, and um, his name was Colin, and he was an awesome guy, and we dated for junior and senior year in high school, um, and then we broke up, and then it was just kind of like typical breakup stuff, like you hate each other, then your friends, and you hate each other again, and then your friends, and then, praise God, we walked through some uh, re healing in our friendship and, and became friends again, but at the time, he was the love of my life, like everything in my world revolved around him, you know, and I, I want you to understand how important he was to me to understand what I walked through. Um, so, uh, September 13th, 20, 2012, I got home from Crux and walked into my parents' house, talked to my parents, just like being my normal self, not paying all attention to the room around me. And uh, my mom interrupted me and was like, I have something that I need to tell you. And I looked at her face and realized something was wrong. I was like, okay. And I have to tell you that this was the absolute furthest thing from my mind in this moment. I thought it was going to be like, we lost the house. I thought like my grandma had to have surgery. Like I didn't expect this. My mom just looks at me and she says, Colin died. And like my world stopped. Like everything around me came to like a screeching halt. And I like had no idea what was up or down or left or right. Like in movies, like something happens and the world stops spinning. That literally happened to me. Like it felt like everything in the room stopped. And I just remember like, oh, I just remember like screaming or crying or something and just being like, you're joking. Like I think I said you're joking like a hundred times. Like, no, I hadn't dated him in years, and no, I hadn't, like, talked to him every day in years, but, like, at one point, he was everything my world had revolved around, like, and, and, and probably in an unhealthy way, yes, but, like, he was something so important to me, and, like, that doesn't just go away, like, that person just doesn't leave you, their importance isn't just gone, and, and I just, like, everything stopped, and I just, like, God, are you serious? Like, where are you in this? Like, God, how are you serious right now? Like, did this happen? And, and the first, like, like, it happened at night, and I couldn't tell anybody because nobody knew, and he'd come to be a, pa a pastor at my parents' church, and my mom worked for my parents' church, and that's how my mom knew um, so early on, but, like, nobody knew. My parents said, you can't tell anybody, and that was so hard, because I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what do you mean I can't call my best friends and tell them that he's gone? Like, what do you mean? Like, I can't walk through this with anybody right now? Are you serious? Like, I can't, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I've never felt any of these emotions, emotions that I would not worse, wor like, um, wish on my worst enemy, never. Like, it is hard, and you don't, I gotta tell you, like, you don't understand grief until you walk through it, and I didn't, like, understand that until I actually did it, and then I was like, whoa, I've underestimated everybody who's ever gone through something like this, and I'm sorry, and I literally went back to several people and was like, I'm sorry that I was not more compassionate with you, because I did not understand what you were walking through, and I just was like, God, like, how am I supposed to get through this? I don't understand, like, and it wasn't like, it was this tragic accident. You had no one to blame. He died of, of heat stroke. Like, it was literally out of nowhere. No health problems. There wasn't some, like, drunken accident. It was nothing like that. There was nothing to put your blame in. The only thing was to just be like, God, why? Why does, why does this happen to somebody? And I just, like, it was, I was so lost for hope. I was so lost for hope because I was feeling all these emotions. And in my head, I'm like, okay, rationally, like, it's been years since I dated him. It was a year since I've been in love with him. But why am I feeling all these things? There's people who see him every day. They're going to be way more broken than me. But am I okay to feel like this? Like, guys, like, just to be real, like, it was hard. Like, it's hard to look at, to walk into a room full of people that, like, like once knew you together and, and once, like, and now don't and know him better than they know you. And they're, like, broken and crying. And I'm sitting in the corner, like, broken as broken could have ever been and like god how am i supposed to get through this like they have an excuse but what's my excuse i was so hopeless and i can remember like like talking to pastor daniel and calling him like what the heck am i supposed to do like i don't know what to do right now can you somebody tell me like how am i supposed to do this and he's like you just need to put your hope in jesus 
Like, you just need to trust in Jesus. You need to trust in, in, in him that everything is going to be okay. And you need to trust in the fact that God promises such good things. Like, his word promises good things for us. Like, I clung to the cross like I'd never clung to anything in my life. Like, the only way I'm ever going to walk through this, the only way I'm going to get through this pain, the only way I'm going to rationalize what I'm feeling is because Jesus, because Jesus, like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Like, and, and then all the other stuff that I talked about, like, started flowing, like hope and testimony. People started sharing all these crazy stories about how God had used him to work in their lives. Like, he was a youth pastor. Like, a thousand people showed up at the memorial service. Like, that gave me so much hope that, okay, like, our lives are worth something. Like, like when we do in this life counts. Like, there's, there's these things you cling to in the midst of these moments that give you hope that it's all going to make sense. And, and does it make sense? No. But you watch how God is good. Like, his word says that God is good and that he is faithful to work everything out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He does that. Guys, I watched it happen. I watched as somebody who I cared about so much, like, left this earth to be with Jesus, which is amazing. And I watched how this, like, wake of, like, hurt followed. And then I watched as how God used all of it for his good. That gave me so much hope that no matter what we walk through in life, God works it all out for his good. Because that is one of the, that is the hardest thing I've walked through till this day. And it gives me so much hope that the hardest thing I've been through like reciprocated God's goodness, that that means that if I have to walk through anything harder, God's goodness is going to come. That means that when I walk through anything less painful, God's good is going to come. There's hope in it in the midst of circumstances. And I had to, to stop what I was doing, and I had to remind myself that it was okay to feel sorrow. It was okay to be hurt. It was okay to deal with all of this. But my hope is in the promise of Jesus in the cross. Like my hope is fully in him and everything that he has to offer me. And, um, uh, like, guys, like, that's the hope. And the other hope in that is the cross doesn't just represent where I get my hope, but it's where Colin got his hope. That's a promise for our lives. That's a promise for, for, for that the fact that there's death is not the end. Like, because my friend loved Jesus, like, I will see my friend again someday. And that is something that is so cool to know that when I walk through the gates of heaven years from now, like, I'm going to get to see him and be like, do you have any idea what God did with you? Like, do you have any idea the redemption God brought? Like, do you have any idea that, like, what your life caused? Like, oh, my gosh, your life gave me so much hope. Like, your death gave me hope that there's more there. Like, guys, like, if we don't have Jesus, we don't have anything like, why are you downcast on my soul? Like, why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God because he is our salvation. Like, Jesus is our salvation, guys. Like, he is where we get the ultimate hope in. Like, we can do nothing apart from that. And I just want to take a moment with, that we could close our eyes. And I just want to tell you, like, if you don't have Jesus as your hope, now is the time to get it. Like, like if you're like, okay, you're talking about Jesus, like, I don't know that I have hope in that. I don't know that I have hope that when I die or the person next to me dies, are they going to heaven? I don't know, but I can tell you right now, you can get that hope. And as every eyes are bowed around the room, if that is you and you're like, Jesus is not my hope. I don't have Jesus. I don't know that I'm going to heaven. I want you to raise your hand because I want to pray with you tonight and give you that hope. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're our hope, God. Thank you, God, that in the midst of every circumstance, Jesus, you're our hope. Thank you, God, that you gave me hope again. Thank you, God, that despite what happened and despite anything else, God, you are so good to fulfill your promises, God. That you gave me hope and a future again, God. You show us, God, you show us what hope really is, Jesus. It's you. You're our hope, God. And sometimes, guys, that's just what we have to do is we have to call and cause ourselves to hope again and stop 
in in the midst of a relationship trial and stop in the midst of uh, somebody dying, stop in the midst of, of a hard work situation, whatever it is, and stop and look yourself in the mirror and say, do not be in turmoil, but be encouraged because your hope is in God. You have salvation. Like, guys, you have salvation. You have everything. Because that's the only thing that matters. Like, you can take the world away. You can take away my family. You could take away my friends. You can take away my car. You can take away everything. But you can't take away my Jesus and my salvation. That is so much hope. That no matter what gets stripped away from me in life, there's nothing that can take that away from me. It's like Job. Like, the devil took everything from Job. But Job never lost sight of who God was in his life. Yeah, he struggled, but he knew that God was his hope. So we could lose everything. Just like that verse, that says, like, you can, I, I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. Like, I want to have Jesus and I could lose everything else because he's all that matters. Thank you, God. I just want us, <laughs> I want to call us back to hope, guys. I want us to, to stand up and to know that no matter what you're going through right now, like you have hope because you have Jesus. You have hope in him because he is everything. He's the hope for your future. He's the hope for your breakthrough. So that in the midst of that situation where you're like, why am I downcast? Why am I in turmoil? Jesus is your hope. Jesus is the hope that when we're encouraged and when we know that, we can share it with the rest of the world. Like in, in like when they were singing earlier, like he is the hope for the nations. He's bringing hope to the hopeless. He is our joy. He gives hope to the orphan. He sets the lonely in families. <laughs> he brought me here to this family when I didn't even know I needed it. Like, so grateful. Like, he is so faithful, guys. He's so faithful. So we're just going to take a few moments. I know it's kind of early, but I just feel like we need to worship him. Like, I just feel like we need to, to remember that our hope is fully in Jesus. That he is our cornerstone, that he is our rock, like in the midst of everything you can cry out to him and he is the one person you can rely on. Like even though in that midst of that hard time, when I knew I had people around me I could rely on, I couldn't talk to them, but I could talk to Jesus. And it didn't matter. And, and yes, it was amazing that I had them around me. Like I wouldn't, like my best friend was like the best friend I ever could have had at that moment. Like I couldn't imagine getting, getting through that without her. But like, guys, like Jesus was there in the midst of everything. Like he is the ultimate hope. Like I can't say that enough. Like when you have him, you have everything. Jesus. When you have him, you have everything, guys. So we're just going to go back into worship and we're going to play cornerstone and we're just gonna I want you guys to cry out like because he is the focus of our life he is our center he is our everything and so when you're going through this hard thing like he is your cornerstone he is what you cling to for hope he is what you cling to in your trial he is your everything get at him guys like you can never get enough of him and it doesn't matter how hard and how fast you go after him he's gonna let you he's not gonna get mad at you for being like jesus i need more it's okay to be needy with him <laughs> like <laughs> you shouldn't be needy with all people around you but you can be needy with jesus like if you're gonna be needy with anybody be needy with him i just can't get enough of you god like i need to cling to you with everything because i need you more than i need anything else ever so whether you want to get on your face, whether you want to stand up and cry out, whether you want to just sit and soak in the presence, I don't care what you do, how you want to worship is how you want to worship, but get to him. Get at him. Get some hope. Remind him. God, just cry out to him. Thank him for being your hope in everything. Thank him that he is the one thing that is steadfast, that will not move, that our hope is anchored in him. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, God. My hope is built on nothing less than 
Trust the sweet. 